All right, a uh, bit of a special episode here. Kyle from Squad Run and myself, we're out here at, uh, well, to be honest, we're on the world's most famous trail loop we now. Are. We are. We are on the, the goat loop here. So we're going to give you a bit of an overview of the goat loop. We're going to go through it section by section and talk you through what is fast becoming, as we said, the world's most popular goat loop. I mean, I think, Kyle, in the future, this potentially could be back out ultra. And I think even more potentially yeah. could be even be a, a spot on the Golden Trail if, uh, if of course, we allow Absolutely. it to be on the Golden Trail. I think it definitely could. And we need Ben Deneen's formal approval. But um, give, just give us some raw facts to start with. Distance, elevation, yep. those kind so of things. So starts off distance, it's 6.8 kilometres. Or is it 6.7 kilometres? It's yeah. around that. I don't know. It's around that 6 point, just under 7 kilometres. Um, elevation, we get it depends whose watch you use. It's in the mid 200s as yep. far as elevation. I've seen a few different numbers. Um, so what we're going to do today is kind of talk you through each section. I'm going to give you some insights into how I kind of attacked it when I tried to run the fastest time on it, what sections to push on, what to take easier, kind of how to run it well. Because I did have another look yesterday and we're creeping really close to 2,000 goat <laughs> loops. We're at about 1,850 at the moment. Yep. So yeah. it won't be long until we're hitting 2,000. So. Alrighty. Beautiful. Let's go. Let's get going. All right. So a little out of breath, but the top of the first climb. So we're probably what? Three, 400, 500 yeah. meters? What are we? 400 in, I'd say. So as Carl said at the start, he's, he is the, uh, the world record holder for the goat loop. So he's going to talk us through a bit about how he attacked it. So... What's your advice for this first bit? Don't it, go too hard, in, don't the go too hard. Bit, in the first 500 metres. I reckon that's the one section I've got to a few times when you get to that 400 metre mark and you think, no, nah, I've gone out too hard already. So that first bit of fire trail up, it's got to be solid, yep. but not all out. Yep. That's probably the most important thing. Because it's not steep enough that you have to walk any of it, really. Most, I mean, most of the people who are going to run this, they could run that whole part. But there is a bit of a risk, isn't there, of going too hard on that way up? It's deceptive, the hill. It's... It doesn't look that steep at all, so yeah. you think you should run it really quickly. But that last couple of hundred metres, deceptively yeah. tough. So just be careful on that section. And then down here, down here we head down towards the houses, don't we? Now, there was a tree across this for a couple of weeks, wasn't there? There was. With the flooding and the rain and things that we had. So this is kind of the first the first descent, isn't it, as we come down this particular part. So and This is where it starts to get a little bit technical. Like, this section's probably one of the two more technical sections on the trail so it's probably the one section you've got to be a bit more careful but if you do like the technical sections this is the section you can kind of attack a little bit yeah so this descent here it only goes for about 30 seconds but it's a nice little technical rocky section so if yeah. you like that type of stuff here's a good section to kind of attack a little bit i think the one thing with the goat loop that i found is basically any downhill You've got to go hard. Yeah. There's no holding back on pretty much any of the sections. Regardless of our technical... That's right. You've got to, you you've got to go. So we're on the first little technical descent. And I think this is where you can start to start to let it roll a little bit. Yep. Especially if you're confident on the technical stuff. If you're not, just do what you can on it. Get to the bottom and then you're almost at the houses. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll quieten up now because we are coming to the houses. We'll do our next segment close to the, uh, the big climb. All right, so clock says uh, about 1.4, 1.5. So we're on the, the downhill after the, after the houses. So I think the, this is probably the first time that you can really let loose a little bit because we've got about, oh, it's about six or 700 metres through here and it's actually just been re-groomed again. Yeah. They've obviously had the trucks come through and they've, groomed they've, this trail again. They've widened it as well. Yeah, so this is actually not as rocky as it probably used to be, down the bottom especially. So this is probably the one section where you can kind of let loose because you've got about 800 metres and then you're going to start climbing up the long climb. So 
this is a section you can kind of let loose because you're going to get a bit of a rest when you start hiking in a couple of minutes. So a bit of advice, definitely run this downhill hard. What's, what's your key for running downhill quickly? How do you do it? You've got to keep your feet moving fast and lift your feet off the ground. If you lift your feet off the ground, you can't trip. <laughs> One piece of advice is simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Lift your feet off the ground. You can't trip over. Keep your momentum going forward. Because you see some people who have quite long strides going downhill, don't they? So you would recommend... Well, not necessarily. Everyone's a bit different with what type of strides work. I generally run with a little bit of a shorter stride, but there's people that really are really effective running with longer strides. I think it's a bit safer to run with shorter strides because you can get on and off the ground a lot quicker, um, which is kind of what I'm after. Because if you stand on some unstable rocks or terrain, if you get your foot on and off the ground really fast, you're generally off it before it moves anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of my tips for for running downhill. And then, so the next section, this next section for me is the most interesting part because Kyle, he's the world record holder for the goat loop. You'll be surprised at what he recommends for the next section which of course is the big long climb with the goat climb at the end of it so we'll we'll check in for that next part all right up to the two and a half k mark and before we get onto this we're talking about the course kyle and i've just noticed how well groomed this course actually is now so this is uh this is easter monday if you're listening to this i tell you what if you've been wanting to do a fast goat it's flat isn't it they've taken out all all the rocky sections are pretty much gone it is so far it's just like a road. Anyway, we're two and a half k's up the, up the mountain here. Um, we're kind of halfway up that the big section. So uh, Kyle's going to talk us through this in two parts, I think. So I think I generally break this climb up into two parts. So we've got the section from about the two k mark up to here, which is two and a half, and that climb is deceptively deceptively tough because it, everyone knows that it's not as steep as the steep climb. We've obviously got the main goat climb up the top here. But the climb down the bottom there kind of just gets steeper and steeper and steeper the further you go. So it starts off quite flat and only very slightly uphill and just climbs and climbs. And I think this is what Tom was talking about before as far as how I attacked this whole climb on both times when I set the two fastest times was I hiked half of it, even in that first section. So, Oh, the first section as well? Yeah, yeah. I hiked half of the first section. So wow. <laughs> the first time, well, the first time I did it when I did the 2804, 2805, I hiked half of it. Then when I did the 28 flat, I probably did about three quarters of it running and hiked a quarter of it. Wow. Times weren't that different. It was a little bit quicker the second time. So you definitely don't have to run at all. I think a lot of people assume you have to run most of it. But even when I set that time, I didn't run at all. I'd, I didn't run all of that first section. And then obviously it flattens out a little bit through here and you've got to run that. And we're about to get to the, the fun part of the course. So. Yeah. We're going to have another chat once we get to the, the top of the goat climb, which is probably the crux of the goat loop. But a little, uh, little fun fact, isn't it? Before you get there, before you actually start the big climb, there's a couple of tree logs on the right-hand side, and there is a picture of the founder of this loop. There is. Mr. Ben Malby, who there's a picture of him used to run this for years. And when he, when he moved from the Gold Coast, a couple of the boys put a framed photo of him inside one of the logs because it was a log that every time we ran this loop he said we have to run to the log you can't walk or hike before you get to this log so as you start the steeper part of the climb in about 50 60 meters if you look to your right there's a dead tree log just sitting on the side of the trail on the right there is a photo inside that tree if anyone wants to have a look have a look for it and as as Kyle said that's the point where if you want to give yourself a, a check out of actually running you can start the hike from there that's right All right, so uh, really got to get the breath back because we're at the, the pointy end of the course here. And I, there's one thing I love about the goat loop is that you get to the top of this climb at about 2.83k roughly. 
And then we figured out sometimes that when you, no matter how fast or slow you do this, it's almost halfway in terms of time. So if you get here in 25 minutes, you're looking at a 50 minute goat loop, even though the next segment is obviously a lot longer because there's so much hiking in this first part. But uh, this is what the goat loop is famous for. It's an incredible view up here. So Kyle's gonna take us through this part. Um, and as I said, I'm interested to know his running and when he talks about hiking, like what that hiking actually is, because you can hike and then you can power hike, I guess is the difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I reckon, like I said, that first section, I actually hiked part of that first part of the climb, even when I did both of the fast ones, and then ran the middle section. Then once you get to the fast one, uh, the steep one, sorry, definitely not fast. I reckon when I set the thing, I tried to run as much of it as I could. Yeah. And I reckon I ran probably the first third to half of it. Um, and then I switched into my power hiking and generally for me i can power hike this just as fast as i can run it yeah. uh, obviously if i sprinted it i probably would be a bit quicker but my jogging up this climb versus power hiking is about the same if not i feel like i'm almost more quick and so what, what's, what's your tips for power hiking is so hands on hands, hands on, on knees, knees. Yep. and when i say hand, like hands on knees not on thighs hands on knees get as close to that joint as you can just for the leverage of whether you're pushing yeah it helps so yep. i often see a lot of people power hiking kind of hands on the tops of their thighs as well which does help but if you get your hand down over the top of your knee and push, it's way easier. Yeah. So that's and, kind of my advice and, and as well. And like back position, are we upright? Are we leaning forward? I'm generally into the leaning like... quite forward and I take big steps. Yeah. So kind of, it's not like a bunch of little ones with the power hiking. I try and take as big as possible and use my arms to push my leg down as in just yep. above my knee to help leverage it up as well. So I take big steps, hands on the knees and put, using my upper body as much as I can. And that perceived effort is the same as yep. is if you're well, running Well, it's almost, normally. I find perceived effort's probably a little bit less sometimes, yep. but the speed's the same. Yep. Yep. So some, it depends on how steep the hill is, um, but I just find for this one when I'm trying to go fast, I can power hike it and run it about the same speed, but I can get to the top feeling yeah. fresher if I power hiked half of it. And you said there's a segment for just this part. Does that start where it Ben's starts photo is? just below that, just where it starts to kick up after the flat section. And have you got this segment? No, yes. Ben's got it. Ben's got this? Ben's got it. So he's actually got it? He's wow. got the segment. So How much quicker was he? Oh, way quicker. Like he's sprinted up here. <laughs> so he's definitely got, definitely got it, doing some hill reps, I think. So okay. that's the goat climb. And like, like you just said, it's pretty much, time-wise for me, it was almost bang on halfway when I set both of those yeah. ones. I think it was a, just under halfway, but pretty much exactly halfway. So I kind of knew my split to the top of this climb, what I needed to do on the day. Yeah. Um, and then it's pretty much, once you get to this point, is probably the last point that I would hold anything back. Yeah. So for me, when I did it, even going up this climb, it's still not 100% all that effort. I'm hiking as hard as I can, but it's not absolute everything I've got. Once I get to the top of this, though, it's pretty much you're going. Just legging it. It's pretty much because there's a lot of downhill in this section. Yeah. You have to run fast. So basically from the top of the goat climb, I was going as hard as I could from then on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I had a vomit at the top of this when I set my PB. <laughs> I don't think I, you're the only one. I got to the top here and had a bit of a spew. And then, as you said, it's a beautiful downhill, isn't it? You oh, can it's amazing. Absolutely leg it. Yep. But you're out of breath, aren't you? You really... It takes probably like hard. one or two hundred metres to kind of get your legs. Your legs feel like jelly by the time you're trying to start running down this downhill as well. But if you can let yourself go and actually run it fast, there's so much time to be made up. And if you're trying to run a fast time, the section between the top of the goat climb and then down near the start of the quarry climb, you yep. have to run that fast. Yeah, yeah. have to run that fast. Because then really, there's only one main climb to go once you get to the top of the goat climb. Yeah, that's right. All right, we'll check in when we get close to that uh, quarry section. All right, so at the... Uh... It's about the 5k mark, isn't it? It's the it's the turn off for three hills. Yep, you go so right down to three hills. We're going to go left, obviously. You take the left, which is kind of like a straightish left. So Kyle's going to talk us through this part because this is the other technical section yeah. he just said. 
Well, I suppose I'll talk through like the last little bit as well because we haven't spoken since the top of the, the goat climb. Yeah. So that descent down off the top of the goat climb, obviously, you can go really quite quick. It's not too. It's really not technical at the moment. Um, it's really quick. And then there's the climb up past the quarry, which I reckon is probably the one section that a lot of people probably get unstuck with. And yeah. it's probably the t- section you kind of have gone really hard. That's probably the toughest section of the course, that yeah. quarry climb, because you've, you've by the time you got to the top of the goat climb, you're going hard on that descent. Yeah. In my head, I'm always thinking, okay, if I can get up to the top of this climb, I'm home. Because there's only... 500 meter segment? Yeah. Well, the whole thing's probably a K and a bit. 1.2 K is just over a kilometer. Um, But once you get to the top of that, you've got obviously the descent we're on now, which I'll chat about. Then you've got one little climb for 100 meters, then it's all downhill. So that climb is really where I'm going as hard as I can, because I know once I get to the top, it's all pretty much downhill versus a little 30 second uphill down the bottom here. So you get to the top of that. That's where you got to pretty much be going hard. If you get to the top of the top of three hills and you've still got heaps left in the tank, you haven't gone hard enough before it. Yeah. So, and then this is the section that we're on now. We just started coming down the descent on the left fire trail that you go down. And it's probably the most technical part of the whole course. So as far as rocks, it's not too steep, but there's a lot of rocks. So this is the one section that again, if you like the technical stuff, this is where you can write, gain a bit of time on everyone else. But it's hellish though, like because it is because you've done 5k, you, your legs are gone, your lungs are gone, and all of a sudden now you've got to focus, you've got to spot the rocks, and, and that's and that's probably the hardest bit. You really got to concentrate through here because it is quite rocky. Um, once you've done it enough times, though, you start to find the best lines to run down this trail. So I've probably done it enough times to know exactly where I need to run. To get the least rocks. So what's the tip? Is there a side? Are you left so, or right? And it swaps. <laughs> it swaps as you go. I think right near the top I'm on the right. I'll then swap to the left through the whole middle section. Yep. Just as it starts to get to the rocky section just before you turn left, kind of be your left, is where I'll flip jump across to the right. You can kind of see where the trail goes through the middle here. You yep. either stay on the very left, but then you've got to jump over this bit, or you jump across to the right and you can go right around the edge. So I think I jump to the right both times or you can try and run down the left and jump across the rocky part. So, little you've, tip there, right, left, right. You've got like a five or ten metre section here where it's a really sharp descent as well, isn't it? Yeah, and again, people that love the downhill and the technical stuff like this section, the people that don't, hate it. Yep. So, again, there's parts of this loop that'll suit certain people and parts of it that won't. And this is one of those sections that definitely does not suit a lot of people, but there's a few that absolutely love these type of sections. So, it's a bit of fun. Again, same tip as before, keep your feet lifting nice and quick and keep your legs turning fast. Don't lean back because that's when you're going to fall. I've got one more minute that I'm pushing hard on this uphill and then it's all downhill from there. So, you're really kind of going as hard as possible once you get to this little climb here. But it is quite nice knowing mentally that you you can see the top as soon as you start the climb, knowing once I get to the top there, it is all downhill from there. And that's the fun part. That is the fun part, exactly. Okay, so we're at the bottom here. We're pretty close. We're pretty close to the finish line here at the Goat Loop. Now, before we go into this last segment, exactly what is the finishing point of the loop? Is it the is it the entrance gate? So let's just say yes. So when I, because I was the one that made the segment, so I know exactly where the start yeah. finishes. I made it probably five metres. The start's about five metres left of the gate, and the finish is about five metres before okay. the gate. So if you run from gate to gate, you will hit the segment. Yeah, right, yeah run hard through the gate. Hit the gate. A couple of metres up the hill, just to be sure. That's right. But talk us there through this, which has got to be the most spectacular finish to any run that you do in Narang, isn't it? I it often is. finish my long finish. run coming down here, because you know you've got the last, yeah. as you said, the last mile coming down it's here. It's pretty much, you couldn't ask for a better finish. That's the one good thing about Narang is pretty much every time that you finish a run, you're yeah. always going to finish with a really nice downhill. Yeah. So once you get to that top, like I said, you've got exactly a mile to go. There's a segment there for it. And 
you hit the top and it's pretty much beautiful open running it's not there's a few sections that are a bit technical but it's a beautiful finish it's all downhill and you can really let loose and have a bit of fun it's just legging it isn't it's it? legging it you got five six minutes if you're sprinting a bit more it depends where how fast you're running but it's pretty much a perfect little segment you take the right hand turn right where we are here yeah once you leave the houses and you've got about 100 meters to go and you just sprint to the gate yeah and then you're done so who did you take the the crown over from so and who had it before you was it kerry kerry had it kerry yeah. Suter, who also from squadron yep um, so he came over and took it off Ben Malby, who initially set it. Yeah. I think 30.01 he ran. Kerry came over and ran 28.43, so absolutely smashed it. Yep. And that was 2017? That was about three years ago yeah. that he came and got that one. Um, and then I think I first got it off Kerry in... It was about two years ago and ran 28.05. And then last year at our Goat Loop Classic in August was when I did the 28 flat. And Alana Vort's got the Alana's female got the one. female one. So, so that, she's had it for a long time. Yeah, she has. And that's about 33, 34? 33, 34. I so who do you think, who, who would you like to set a bit? I mean, we want everyone to come out here and smash their PB and hopefully with Kyle's insights you can now break your own time. That's definitely. But who do you want to come out here? Give us, can you give us three men, three women who you would love yep. to, who have at the moment probably aren't on the list or yep. have only jogged it? Yep. Who you would love to see come out and give it a crack. Can you start with the women? I mean... Well, so I'd love Christy to have a good crack at it. Because she hasn't really... She hasn't had a proper crack at it. Christy Wimmel. Christy Wimmel, she hasn't had a good crack at it. I think she's capable of getting the crown. Yeah. I'd love to see her have a good crack at it as well. Um, I'd love to see Britt have a crack as well. She's never had a crack, not that she's on Strava very much. I don't know if she'll hear this, but I'd love to see her have a crack and see what timing she could do. Because she's been obviously running out here probably longer than everyone else. So I'd love to see her have a crack at it as well. What about Tennille Ellis? And I, I was just about <laughs> to say that. Someone like Tennille is probably the fastest, as far as like half marathon, marathon runner on the Gold Coast female-wise, yeah, is yeah. the fastest. I'd love her to come out and have a crack because she's super fit at the moment and I reckon she would annihilate That'd it. Be so I'd love one. to see her have a run. Then on the male side, I'd love to see Tom Brimler have a crack because yep. I keep pushing him to have a crack and he won't have a crack and yeah. I really want him to have a crack. Um, he's someone that I reckon probably could knock the crown off and take it yeah um so i'd love to see him have a really good crack um two other people that i'd love to see have a crack that i don't think have had a crack or will so i love arky to have a crack and yeah. arkansas because again he's got a lot of the won a lot of the races out here when we used to race yeah. all the time i'd love to see him have a and crack and not, see what time okay i'd love to see him have a crack at it um and i'd love to see courtney i can yeah. have a crack at it because i reckon he's probably the probably the fastest person on the coast on the trails and i'd love to see what type of time he could run on the on, on the loop what do you reckon i reckon he could courtney run could about do. 2720 okay I reckon he could run just under 2730 we might have to we might have to email this I might have to click him a message and say you're on the podcast you need to come out and have a crack at the goat loop (laughs) challenges out there but regardless of where you are and what pace that you do um, as we said it's very very manicured at the moment it's very smooth very fast it's perfect now the weather's getting cooler uh, there's not going to be big groups out here, so it's it's really set up, isn't it? It is. Like I said, I don't think I've seen it in such good condition. Like yeah. This morning's conditions is probably the first really cool morning we've had so far yeah. this year, and the trail's in amazing condition. So yeah. if anyone wants to have a crack, get out I'm and have out. a crack, because we're getting close to 2,000 loops as well, so there's even more reason to get out no matter what pace you're running. Get your own PB and potentially be close to the 2,000th goat loop. Absolutely, absolutely. So we hope you've enjoyed this bit of a special one of the racing review, since there's no racing on at the moment. We're going to keep bringing these... Uh, Little tidbits of different parts of running to you, but yeah, we hope you can, can get out here onto the world's most famous trail, uh, which, as we said, is going to be on the Golden Trail. No doubt, one day one it'll day. be on get there. some sort of uh, backyard ultra um, at some stage. So yeah, best of luck if you come out here and uh, have a great week of running.